You're listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, brought to you by Vespa, nature's catalyst for optimizing fat metabolism. Hi, welcome to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast. I'm your host, Peter Defty, with my lovely co-host, Naomi Land in Queensland, Australia. Hey, Naomi. Hey, how are you, Peter? Oh, I'm good. And um, we uh, had to do some <laughs> off, uh, off the air talking with uh, our best friend, uh, the naughty nutritionist, Kayla McDonald. And, and since I don't kiss and tell about what we were talking about, I'm not going to reveal a thing. So, Kayla, welcome back in more ways than yeah. one, maybe, maybe 50 ways from my point of view. <laughs> um, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And, so good uh, to have you back, and it's so good to um, to hear your stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Billy and Lynn, if you're out there, and Denise Minger, if you're out there, um, just remember a couple years back at Ancestral Health Symposium. Um, so today we're going to have a podcast um, on how to navigate the holidays. So today we're recording. It's a week out from Thanksgiving, and um, that usually is the kickoff for that six weeks of just stupid eating, for lack of better words, right? Poor dietary choices. Right, Kayla? Right, and as Christmas approaches, too, it's all about carbs, isn't it? You know, visions of sugar plums and Santa as the carb-crazy cookie eater, and on it goes, right? Yeah, 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 and it just seems to... kick off with Thanksgiving and it just segues from one Christmas party to the next. And, um, you know, there's a better way. And, and, uh, and for our listeners here, we'd like to kind of just have a conversation about ways to navigate it. It's not just the diet, it's the lifestyle and everything else. And, and Naomi, what do you guys do down there in, in kangaroo land? Well, I was actually going to ask about Thanksgiving because we don't have Thanksgiving here. We only have Christmas and New Year. So they're our two biggest days of the year with um, food and drink and copious amounts of it. So tell me a little bit about the Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving Just for our is, Aussie people. It's, well, it's, it's really a, a ruse because apparently from, if you read some annals, the, the pilgrims actually killed the Indians the next year or something like that. But um, I, it's my favorite holiday because it's a, it's a day to give gratitude and um, it's not about the presence. Of course, the day, the night of and the morning after kicks off all that nonsense, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, and um, I don't know. I'm going to let Kayla talk about the Thanksgiving tradition. I think that that's more, I'm going to give it to her. Well, I think there's a whole lot of jokes running on the internet about overeating on Thanksgiving, like it's a point of pride for many people to overeat tremendously to the point where they can't move and they feel sick, that that's, they don't stop at being full, they stop at being sick. And I guess that's happens so often that, that it's, I guess that's part of the tradition, wouldn't you say, Peter? Yeah, it is. And, and, um, I guess you and I ought to run down sort of a laundry list of what people eat. I mean, there's the turkey, there's the ham. Some people do a prime rib roast, but then there's all this, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, right, Kayla? No. Uh, 
No, that's but, that's all good. Uh, it's when people get into all the things like sweet potatoes made with marshmallows, and and of course all the pies and the green beans made with with what? What do they do to make them more sugary? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, there's just it just goes on with dishes and dishes of of they usually pretty carb laden, um, and. Um, you know, like you said, there's the pies, the cakes, and, and the snacks. Oh, the mashed potatoes, of course. The mashed potatoes and the bread stuffing. Yep, yep, yep. And um, it kind of sets it up for, you know, this overeating, and then people lay around and watch, what, foot, football, right? And that that sort of kicks off that season, and then because schools are generally out next week and – Everybody takes Thursday and Friday off, so you get a four-day weekend. It just sort of segues into this four-day binge, and then everybody goes back to work for a week and then starts the whole cycle of Christmas parties. I don't know if you all have Christmas parties down there in Oz. Like, you know, your office will have a party. Your running club will have a party. You know, whoever oh, yeah. whoever you you know congregate with will have a party of some sort, right? So then there's yeah. more. Yeah, well, we love beer here, so more beer and more beer. Yeah. 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 Kayla. You know, we've talked about how many carbs are out there. You know, it's like it's it's a minefield of concentrated carbohydrates and refined sugars for the holidays. And you, you add alcohol on top of that. And so, you know, it just sets people up for a bad situation. So let's start talking about, you know, how we ought to sort of approach the holidays, not just from a dietary standpoint, but from a mindset and, a, and an attitude that kind of is going to, set us up for success well i think we need to be thinking high fat because the more we eat fat the the more satisfied and happy we're going to be and the less tempted we're going to be to fill up on the carbs so a lot of people don't realize that our ancestors purposely ate high fat high protein foods such as eggs and bacon before going out to parties or going to pubs and those foods help prevent the drunkenness, bad behavior, and hangovers. So the all the fat would, would be helping people keep their blood sugar stable and also help the liver detoxify with whatever ways you were going to, say, abuse your body that night with, with alcohol. And when we think about it, a traditional eggnog, which would be high in milk, cream, and egg yolks, that's the perfect drink for the holidays because of all the fat in there food and drink all at once. So that might be a good choice. Yeah, that would be a homemade eggnog, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some very dubious ingredients in the mixes. Yeah. But we think about Santa Claus, say, as being a crazy cookie eater. But the thing is, if we think about what Santa would eat at the North Pole, it would be high-fat reindeer milk, 22% fat and just 2 to 4% milk sugar. So Santa would be uh, very ketogenic. <laughs> yeah. He'd be slim and he'd be, he'd be a hunk. <laughs> and he'd have the energy to go all night dropping presents all, all over the world with the reindeer milk diet. Yeah, so, you know, I think one of the things people have to wrap their head around is that this is not a deprivation diet. and we So we don't want people to feel deprived. Um and so, you know, this, this strategy of eating more fat is, is more rich foods, 
uh, more satiating foods so that they don't feel like they're they're actually missing out on anything. Well, if you're blessed to be at a Thanksgiving dinner where there's simple things like, say, baked sweet potatoes without things like marshmallow, just plenty of butter with the sweet potatoes, that uh, changes the glycemic index so it's not causing carb problems for you. And if you load up your plate with some of that, which you can enjoy and load it up with some of the turkey, you can, you can do very well with no deprivation whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, the cautionary note there would be to, you know, load up with some turkey or ham first and put some homemade gravy because gravy, of course, is rich in fat. And then, you know, get that small bit of sweet potato or mashed potato and start on that after and you'll you probably find yourself that, a you know, a tablespoon is probably going to be more than enough to satiate you. Well, that's what I would find. And as long as there's plenty of butter in there, uh, a little will go a long way. Be totally pleasurable. I I think we do need to be careful uh, if we're on a gluten-free diet that there may be gluten lurking in all sorts of things like the gravy and, of course, the stuffing and the turkeys. So we have to navigate fairly carefully. So because there may be things we absolutely want to avoid, let's enjoy the things that, that are less bad for us. Yeah, so, so the other thing I think we ought to touch on is, is like the, the desserts. I, I think there's a lot of really great dessert recipes out there like um, uh, flan or creme brulee. A lot of custard dishes are very rich and um I know that once you become fat adapted, the, the sugar sensation means you can cut the sugar way back to a fraction of what a recipe calls for. Yes, you can do that. And also keep in mind, uh, say, a little good chocolate or a full fat premium ice cream. Uh, we don't need things like the chocolate mousse or triple threat high carb chocolates. Uh, there's delicious alternatives that are, are just not so bad for us. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with some fresh berries, whether they're strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, and or blueberries with heavy cream on them, eh? That would be great. Um, but if you're at, at a party or you're at somebody's dinner, uh, maybe they've just got some simple ice cream to go with the pie, and maybe you just have the ice cream without the pie. Um, uh, just choosing something that's that's good but is a better choice. Yeah, what about you, Naomi? What do you guys do down there? What's the besides all the piss in the in the celebrating? Uh, We're very good at that. Yeah, very no, good. I I know you're very good at that. Um, my father used to spend a lot of time in Australia, and he was he was legend down there for putting down fosters and other libations. Yeah, VBs and forexes and yeah, and bunny rum. So, so what? Yeah. Uh, tell us more about what what we can do down there. Well, um, in Australia, I think we have a, um, a better range of better foods. We have a lot of um, like nibblies, and but our main meals tend to be, you know, roast, roast, you know, meats and vegetables and. Like we don't add sugar to our beans or like marshmallows to our sweet potatoes. So, um, yeah, ours is pretty good. So, you know, having bacon and eggs for breakfast on Christmas morning with um, a brunch like, but just avoiding the breads and, um, you know, the 
the other extra things that, that you wouldn't normally have. And lunchtime tends to be such a nice banquet that um, even a lot of people in Australia now, because it's so hot, tend to have a seafood um, meals. So there's lots of variety, lots of salads, um, but it's just the desserts, I think, that everyone, and the alcohol, of course, that we get all caught up in. Hmm. Yeah, now, another thing we, we didn't talk too much about, Kayla, is uh, appetizers and stuff like that, because that seems to be, you know, also ubiquitous, and, and I think there can be a lot of uh, options that are more savory and, and rich in, in the fat than, say, your carb, sugary type options, eh? Well, it's going to depend on where you're going. And also just keep in mind that with many of these dinners, we can bring things. So we can make some good choices in terms of what we bring. If there's a potluck, make sure there's something we can enjoy eating that's good for us. And hopefully with appetizers, there might be things like, say, shrimp cocktails or things that are simple and um, low carb. Yeah, like well, like rich cheeses, like your 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 brie, your triple cream brie, your fresh goat cheeses, um, you know, well aged um, hard cheeses and pate, foie gras, uh, cold cuts, antipastos. Um, I think that those are all like excellent um, appetizers, and particularly with like red wine or a beer if it's a hot climate. Sure. Um, you know, seafood like shrimp and and oysters and things like that also make we call for them prawns. Prawns, okay. Prawns, you guys get yeah. the really big ones down there, don't you? Yeah, we do. And they're delicious. Yeah. Prawns and crabs. Yeah. And um, calamari. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people uh, have um, guacamole. That can be great. And maybe you just minimize the chips, just sort of use it as a shovel for the high-fat guacamole. Yep, that's very popular out here where we live in California. Um, so those are, those are all really great options uh, that people, and I know this sounds obvious to a lot of people, but it's kind of a reminder to people to say, hey, yeah, no, wait a second, we can do this differently and, and better. And, and the other thing is, is the volume of food is going to be so much less. Having, um, going out with friends, say to restaurants, choosing good restaurants rather than the ones with the unlimited buffet, you know, making, making good choices from a menu is, is better. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And even like with the better buffets, it's, it's like, even with the buffets like Vegas, I remember when I was at the Keto Gains conference, they, I didn't go that night, but they went and wound up at one of the buffets. And, you know, these are all guys that are doing uh, a ketogenic diet. And, and oddly enough, at the buffets, people can realize if they do the buffet for Thanksgiving or during the holidays that these these nice buffets, you're better off and getting more of your money's worth by getting those low-carb, fat-rich, protein-rich foods than the junk that the buffets make money on. That's, that's an excellent suggestion. I think most of those buffets do have some okay options, but they definitely make more money on all the carbs and huge temptation there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, what, else, uh, what else is popular in Australia, Naomi? Come on. Um, okay, bad stuff. Deep fried, um, pavlova. Oh, uh, yeah. Christmas cake and ice cream, plum pudding, 
Um, we even have ice cream plum pudding. Oh boy. So you yeah. guys got you guys got all the trapdoors that we do. They just probably don't get marketed as well. And I think I think the point the other point we should make here is it's sort of got to be sort of an all in uh, approach, not like uh, an OCD all in type of approach, but the the kind of all in approach that that we don't mix the fatty foods with the carbs because that seems to be the worst combination, and that's how a lot of the low fat people sort of hang their hat on how good a low-fat diet is because when you take the fat out, things get a little bit better um, because the worst worst case of all is is exactly what we see during Thanksgiving through the holidays is the combination of fatty foods, carb-rich foods, sugar-rich foods, and alcohol. And it's just, it's you know, it's the perfect storm. So Peter and Kayla... I just want to ask a question, like I know with a lot of my athletes, if they do fall off the wagon and, you know, not to um, agonise about it and the next day, you know, just go out and go for a run or just enjoy yourself and forget about what was yesterday, just focus on what today is. Do you agree with that? Uh, I would I would agree and also try to think about uh, celebrating with your friends doing things that are active like taking a walk with your friends a hike with your friends a bicycle ride with your friends a tennis match with your friends things like that so it's not all about getting together and eating together yeah absolutely like my friend Randy and I last Christmas morning we got up at four in the morning and Randy has five young children so um, he's got a house full too. And, and so we all, we both met at the base of this hill and ran up to this tower and, and watched the, the full moon go down and watched the sun rise and, and did this like 12 mile run, um, you know, in the darkness mostly. And, and it was a great way to, you know, start the, uh, Christmas day off. And, and what we do, um, traditionally, uh, I do, I host, I, I'm one of the hosts of a New Year's Day run, which is an unorganized run on part of the Western States Trail. And there's a huge following, about 50 to 70 people that do this every year. On New Year's morning, we run um, this 19-mile uh, section of the Western States uh, race course and then have breakfast afterwards. And it, it just seems to be growing all the time. And, and people seem to really find that much more enjoyable than getting drunk on the, off their ass and then waking up with a hangover the next morning. Yeah. yeah. I bet a few can relate to that one too. Yeah, and I, I think about the alcohol. Um, there's something they do in Europe that I think can be very helpful, and that is for every glass of wine, say having a glass or even two glasses of, say, sparkling water. And that way you reduce the alcohol consumption and you increase the water consumption and you still get to have your fun, but you're balancing things out better and less likely to get drunk. Yeah, uh, there's a little secret out there and that's take a Vespa when you're drinking and after you've done drinking and people say claim that they won't wake up with a hangover. It actually works well for that, believe it or not. Yeah. And I think the other thing, if you're fat adapted, if if our listener is fat adapted, um, he or she should, if they're going to go do that, uh, as Naomi says, they shouldn't be too hard on themselves. And if you do go and drink, then the next day, get out there and, and do some uh, physical exercise because in a fat adapted athlete, 
Um, uh, one of the neat things is 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 that fat that that you accumulate from the alcohol can actually get turned around and be used for ketones and glucose the very next day. It's not a one-way street like in an alcoholic or somebody who's ingesting too much fructose. And it's only one day, right? Like it's, yeah. you know, yeah. And do that traditional thing of eating some high-fat foods before you start drinking or along with the drinking, and you may well do just fine. <laughs> But, you know, people call wine liquid, liquid carbs for a reason. And alternatively, if people are eating things like cider or apple juice, I mean, that's definitely liquid carbs. So it's still lots and lots of sugar. So, well, we have, um, we have cricket matches on Boxing Day here. So it's pretty cool that um, we call it the boss, Boxing Day um, test. What is it? The Boxing Day test. And um, they have a... A match over in Australia where you know Australia versus another country and so people go out and just play cricket on the beach or um, in the park so yeah that's really quite a cool thing that but we're lucky because it's quite hot during Christmas time here so we can enjoy the outdoors Wow so what do you do down there in the land of enchantment Miss Enchante. Well, it, it, it could be very moderate here. Um, it could be a good time to be walking around the neighborhood. And if people have all these grand goals of going to the gym, but often the gyms are closed on the holiday and on the, you know, the eve. So maybe walking is going to be the best option. You know, get out there and walk and get to know your neighbors, ski, hike. There's, there's plenty still to do. Oh, and light shows. There's a magnificent one here in Albuquerque, and I'm sure where, where you both live, I mean, they can be amazing. Just just do these things that get you out and get you away from the priority of eating and eating. Yeah. Now, another thing let's bring up to, to kind of add some context to this is one of the things I think would be a good bit of discussion is what do we do, how do we help our um, non-fat-adapted um, glucose addicted friends and family to kind of get some buy-in. I think this could be a really interesting topic for discussion for this because this is the perfect time to not, you know, rather than be having a socially awkward situation, this could be, I, I'd like to see this become a, an op, a social opportunity to get people to realize, you know, what they're doing to themselves. I mean, you know, we all have gotten so much flack over this this concept of high fat and and all that from these people. But, you know, as the body of evidence is building and the awareness is now building that um, we're sort of in this kind of mixed up, confused land about what kind of dietary choices are right. I mean, any thoughts uh, from either of you how we, we navigate that and try to kind of engage people now that, you know, 10 years ago would have just outright suggested we were a bunch of weirdos um, to start asking questions. Well, I think plenty of people do still think we're weirdos, you know, depending on who your friends are, what your family's like. Well, you, we're sexual, sexual <laughs> misogynists, right? <laughs> um, Speak for yourself, Kayla. <laughs> Oh, come on, Naomi. You're in it with us, too. 
Yeah, okay. You know, I think uh, whether we decide to preach or teach, um, I think it's best to just set a good example. And if people ask for our advice or opinion, then be ready to talk about it. But otherwise, uh, drop the preaching. But if we are the host, if the dinner is at our house and we're offering plenty of uh, really high-quality foods, you know, the simple sweet potatoes, the simple green beans, the simple turkey ham, whatever, a delicious dressing or stuffing that does not include bread, for example, and people can see how good everything tastes, sometimes they just ask about it or they enjoy it. And yeah, uh, I kind of think you're right about that, because I think if you gave them those options, like you said, of these rich foods and some shrimp, some shrimp cocktail, like like Naomi says, with seafood and all that, they probably would sort of not recognize that they're missing out on all the crap. I think when people taste this good food, they love it. I mean, fat makes food taste absolutely delicious. Yeah, well, that's what our, our palates were molded to, to desire for most of our existence. I mean, yeah, we're hardwired for that that tripwire of sugar because, you know, evolutionarily when fruit was ripe or berries were ripe or tubers were ripe, we were tripwired to, you know, have that, but it was a brief, brief, short time. I think uh, many of my clients have a real difficulty with holiday eating. You know, they talk about a mother-in-law that keeps trying to force certain types of food on their plates. And some people are definitely having family problems. And I think it's good ahead of time to figure out how you're going to respond to those kind of problems. And usually... um, not sounding defensive, saying, no, I really just enjoy all this ham. It's a real treat. Haven't had it lately. And, you know, just make it a non-confrontational. I'm having a wonderful time or I'll have a little of that later, maybe, or whatever. So you don't make yourself right and them wrong. This is just what I prefer now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think setting an example, too, is huge. Um, because people do look at you and um, they know, like they know themselves that you're healthy and well and they can see, you know, the benefits of that. So I think, yeah, setting the examples definitely. And just going with the flow. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that's great, but I think that that's something we need to be aware of because it's a time when, you know, families come together or friends come together and and as big as the um movement towards less carbohydrates in the diet is there's there's a much larger audience out there that's still sort of lost in the weeds about this um because of all the the and especially now because the um science is coming out about this and then the the message that the consumer is getting is so mixed now and and um I think that if you're not metabolically broke, uh, as Kayla suggests, a little bit of sweet potatoes, a little bit of carbs in the meal isn't going to be the end of the world. A little libations, not the end of the world. Um, if you do have gluten sensitivity, you've got to be careful. If you're somebody that's got insulin resistance, you've got to be careful. But for most people who are fit and active, you know, it, it's a pretty easy way to navigate. Yeah, with the gluten sensitivity, that that is very, very important. And you don't get the option of, of having a little and everything's fine. 
So I think a way for many people to to do it is to say I'm allergic to wheat or something because people understand that and they back off. But if you say you don't do gluten or you don't eat wheat, then everybody starts trying to force it on you. So just saying I'm allergic to that. I would love to have that. Unfortunately, I'm allergic to that, but I'm going to have and then whatever you are going to have. Great point. Great point. Okay. Well, any other advice, Naomi or Kayla, that you can give that uh, might be of uh, use to uh, our listeners? I, I think it's very important that people make sure they get enough sleep during the holidays because if you're sleep deprived, then you crave carbs for energy and your whole whole plan can can go go apart. So make sure you get enough sleep. And part of that whole thing would be not to get into overwhelm. And some people have the idea that for, for the holidays, they have to do all sorts of special stuff um, rather than cook simple foods like, say, uh, a good ham and maybe buy some good cheese or something. They're they're trying to make cheese and ham spirals or some nonsense like that and staying up all night to do it. So I think we can keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid for me. <laughs> and, you know, you can't go wrong with a good ham and, and good cheese and just keep it simple. Naomi? Um, I think that number one for me is don't beat yourself up. So relax and enjoy your family and enjoy that time that you have together. You know, slow down, just eat mindfully, and um, I think that you will enjoy the moments. But also, you know, if you do have big nights, just get on with life. Just forgive yourself and move on, and um, yeah, just get out there and enjoy the sunshine, especially us Australians when it's the best time of the year to be outside and at the beach. So that would be my um, take-home message. I think that's a great message because, you know, so many of the, the people that are uh, in our sphere are, are type A athletes, shall we say. And as I say, the stress is just as big an issue as the carbohydrates in terms of, in terms of triggering that cortisol response and the sugar response that follows. Um, I think that, you know, it's a good time to, it's you know, like I said, this is a great opportunity to kind of really reset because we tend to... to um, it tends to be the off season for a lot of people for their exercise and training so that they can, um, you know, enjoy the really high fat foods and get the carbs really low and get, do a hard reset at the same time and also relax and, and get themselves in that high fat environment, uh, physiology so that they can come into the new year. Um, so they can perform at their best and beat their, their health. But, you know, good point. Naomi, for the uh, type A athlete that, you know, it's really okay. And I, I think a lot of the type A athlete mums out there, they're stressing about their kids and what they're going to get them and, you know, everybody being happy and, and, and it's okay. I mean, kids are kids and get them a couple of presents. And if, as long as they know they're loved, um, that's really all they need, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I guess, some of that's very much like with your your children taking them to a birthday party where you fill them up first and then relax about what they might eat there. So we need to do the same thing. We know there's going to be a big party. So before we go, we fill up on some eggs and bacon or something that's high fat. 
And then we go and we can enjoy the party, but we're just not hungry. Yep, that's a, that's a great thing. And I think that's the thing is just, just enjoy it. So, um, yeah, thanks very much again, ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, right. Kayla. You are listening to Food for Thought, the OFM podcast, sponsored by Vespa.